You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. Open your Bible at Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning. How many of you were here this morning? If you didn't make it, I really want to encourage you once again, get the message. We are building line upon line, precept upon precept, discovering what it means to walk and enjoy the rest of God. And the purpose is to see everything that God designed and manifested to manifest in our lives. God created all that we see. Just think about this. God had a plan. He had a mind. He had a vision. He had you in His heart. He told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were founded in your mother's womb. And say, I knew about you or I thought about you. I knew you. But he wanted Jeremiah manifested. He wanted him out in the, in the being so that he could fellowship with him and he could walk in what God planned for him. And that's true for all of us. God wanted you to be. Not just exist. A human being. <laughs> you are being who God called you to be. And God wanted you in this earth to manifest, to be in His reality, in His existence, to enjoy what He has for you. And knowing this, to have you manifest and be who He's called you to be, He needed an environment for you to exist in. And so for you to exist in an environment, as I've said many times before, if you're going to create a fish and you want it to survive, you're going to have to give it water so you create the water first, then you create the fish and put it in the water. Well, God said He wanted us to exist in His image, to enjoy life the way He enjoys it, to carry out life the way He carries it out, to be exactly like Him. He said that He created man in His image. So there'd have to be an environment for you and I to live in. And so... When you talk about everything that exists, that we see all around us, all of creation, as we studied it out this morning, we went through Genesis 1 and we saw how he had separated the waters and produced dry land and how he spoke to that land to bring forth fruit and vegetables, plants. He spoke to it to bring forth animals. He spoke to the birds, the air to bring forth birds, the water to bring forth fish. Everything that was brought forth and created was for one purpose, so that he had an environment that he could speak his man into. And when he spoke his man into that environment, you recognize that all of creation, everything God had ever planned, was for you to exist in the fullness of his creation, the way he intended for you to live. He created it for you. Everything you see, He created for you. And as we know, as a result, the enemy got involved and destroyed that by getting man off of God's original plan. And when He got man off of God's original plan, He broke the system. That's where God said, now the system will fight you. You're now involved in a curse. And because of that curse, you're going to struggle and you're going to battle. You're going to sweat to bring forth anything. Even the food you eat, you're going to sweat. And so the, through the curse, your, 
prosperity, and I put that in inverted commas because we're not talking about the prosperity of God. Your success, put that in inverted commas because it's not really success, but your ability to survive through the curse, the enemy linked that to your performance, to your sweat, to how hard you can work. You've heard it said, the harder you work, the more you can make. It's like you've got to get out and do more, do more, do more. And if you really want more money because there's only so many hours in the day, then really you need a, a night job as well. So you've got a day job and a night job. And then a weekend job. And then a side hustle. And then, a, come on, are you getting with that? So it's always, the whole thing is the harder you work, the more you can do. And when you realize that God never intended for Adam to live that way. And when he put Adam in the earth, everything he had was already in place. There was nothing more. The Bible says God finished. That's why he rested. In fact, had Adam never failed, God would still be resting. He'd never have to answer any prayer ever again. God wouldn't have to listen for prayers. He'd just be visiting with his kids while they drive the whole of his creation. That's what he wanted. Just to rest and watch his kids at work. Amen. It was only through sin that God was brought back out of retirement. Come on, you're getting a hold of what I'm saying. I use that term loosely, but God had said he rested because he was finished. And Jesus would not have had to even go to the cross if Adam never failed. It's only because he failed that the cross was necessary. But when Jesus came into the earth, the way he lived while he was in the earth, even though people hated him, tried to kill him many times, tried to throw him off the edge of a cliff, tried, they, tried to, they wanted to take him out. But he just lived life above all of that. Um, one time they wanted to throw him off a cliff. They took him outside. And then when the, the way the Bible writes it, they looked and he wasn't there anymore. So just imagine that. He, 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 he said something offensive. They grab him. They're walking up to the cliff and they're saying, let's throw him off. Yes, who's got him? Yes, you got him, got him. And by the time they get to the cliff, they're like, okay, throw him. Well, who's got him? Didn't, yeah, but you had him. Yeah, but I had him, but I gave him to you. And then, where's he now? He just gone. You see, he operated, he had no fear, he had no worries until he was ready to lay his life down. You couldn't take him. There was no lack in his life, absolutely no lack. Never ever, when they needed tax money, he said, go catch a fish. Uh, people need to be fed. What do you have? Bread, just a few loaves, a few fish. Well, feed them, go ahead. Let me just bless that. And it goes ahead and feeds it. You understand when people talk this idea that Jesus was poor, then you didn't understand uh, what, what he's doing because He's proving that even with his disciples, some, once he sent them out, he said, make sure you got money where you're going. But the next time he sent them out, he says, don't take any money. But watch, you'll still be taken care of. So he was demonstrating a lifestyle that separated from how hard you work. And so if we understand that, this is what we're working through now is to develop that mentality within us, to, to, to allow us to renew our minds. That we are not linked to the sweat of our brow. Now some of those people get nervous with this kind of message. and say, what are you telling us? We don't have to work anymore. Did I even say that? No, because Adam still worked. The Bible says God worked. All of his creation said, and God created, and God did, and God made, and God. Isn't that right? See, work is not there to produce your living. There's two reasons for work. One is to manifest your gift. 
And two, to produce your seed. God gives seed to the sower. So when you understand that, and you recognize that, then my standard of living is not linked to how much I can do or even to the job that I do. It's only in the kingdom of God that a cleaner can have a jet plane. If he can believe. That's the only. It's not linked to his salary. And then you have people say, yeah, but what does a cleaner need a jet plane for? Well, you don't know what he's doing on the weekend, do you? God's called him to clean that building, and he's obeying God by doing it. Don't look down on him because you don't know what God's instruction was to him. God needs him in that house for that purpose, but on the weekend he needs to be in, in India preaching the gospel. And then he's got to get back in time for work on Monday. So don't look down on this cleaner that has a jet plane because he had faith to produce it. You see, already that's rattling minds. Like, we, we think, you know, you see somebody that uh, it's only the, the, the billionaire that can drive the, that, that type of car or flying airplanes. Or No, it's linked to your purpose. What are you doing in life? What are you living? How are you living God's kingdom? So uh, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of reasons why people wrestle with that. Because even people that trust God, for his provision. So on Sunday they hear a message. God wants to prosper you and bless you. And he's going to increase you. That means Monday. Well what must I do now? What must I work harder? How do I go? And that's what we're doing. We're renewing our minds. What is God's method? God's system? God's kingdom? And so to do that. We had a look this morning. We went back to the original of creation. We're going to use that foundation to show you. I want to show you something that is remarkable about the kingdom of God and the way he operates. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, who? Now just a little while back we studied out the person of the Holy Spirit. This is not just the force of God. This is not just God's personality. This is not just some kind of energy. The Holy Spirit is as much God as Father is God. As much God as Jesus is God. They're not each one third of God. They're entirely God. Individually and corporately. But there are three distinct persons. We studied that in detail already. So yeah, we see the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. What was he doing? Hovering. What's hovering imply? Resting. Nothing's happening. He's present, but nothing's happened yet. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Now, as we've said many times before, in the original Hebrew, that is written, light be, light was. God said, light be. What happened? Light was. Light be, light was. Now, you understand that light is what brought all of matter into existence that God then used 
to bring all the rest of creation. Because that's the only time he spoke from within himself other than when he created man. Light is who God is. God is light. So if you want to, you know, word it that way, it's like God said, me be. In other words, I have dreams and visions within me, but I need them out here. So he brings it out of himself. Light, he addresses the light as an entity. And he says, light be. And the immediate result is light was. I want to read it that way. Because I want us to get an idea of how God sees things. So let's read it. You see it this way. Listen to it. Light be, light was. There's no analyzing happening. It's just, if God says light be, then light was. In other words, if God's spoken, it is. See, when Jesus was walking in the earth, there was a tree that he wanted to go eat figs from because it had leaves. And even though it wasn't the season of figs, it did have leaves which really was in that region that those particular fig tree, they say, is once it has leaves, it's declaring it has figs. In other words, the tree lied. Remember this morning we said God spoke to the earth. We think of that as rocks and dirt and dust. No, the earth listened. Because when he said the earth bring forth creatures, the result was the earth brought forth creatures. So evidently it had heard Jesus. So he says to the tree, no one eat fruit from you ever again. So they're having a conversation. I got figs. Looks, you don't have figs. Okay, shut down. I don't need non-productive, lying things in my creation. So no one eats fruit from you ever again. He walks away from it. Didn't intercede over it. Didn't beg God. Didn't get them to form a prayer circle. They came back that night. Obviously nothing had happened because Peter didn't say anything. You know Peter, he would have because he shows the next morning he does. So Jesus walked right past that tree. He didn't care. So obviously it still looked like it was okay. I guarantee you Peter's wondering, I wonder what he meant. Because the next morning when it was withered, they called it out. Master, look, the tree you cursed that died. And Jesus said, yes. That's me. I'm Jesus. I have this amazing ability. Is that what he said? Look at the tree. It's withered. He says, have faith in God. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. He's not saying try faith. Have faith. Like someone, if they, if they offer you, you know, something like, a, a, you know, there's, there's like a... a plate of cold meats, for example. I could say, would you like some meat? Or I say, have meat. You know what that means. Okay. Isn't that right? He's saying, have faith. Have faith. If you speak to this mountain. See, he's, he's talking about speaking to things. And you don't doubt in your heart, but believe the things you say will happen, you will have what you say. Is that what he said? So he's not saying this is just for me. This is how the kingdom of God works. And so he said, yeah, light be, what happened? The result is 
Light was. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. So there's two things I want us to be focused on as we go. One is, God says, He considers it done. He doesn't look at it again. He doesn't work twice on the same thing. That's why we, when you study the Word, there's a principle called first mention. If God said something, it's settled for eternity. He doesn't put through amendments. He doesn't say it's the 21st century. I, I, that, what I say, said back then, uh, that was for then. You know, they were more a conservative group. So life's changed and people have changed and things have changed. So now we need to rewrite the Bible. No, 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 no. That's ignorance gone to seed. When God has spoken, it's settled. What sin is still sin. I don't care what anybody thinks. Because I'm going to go with the red words. Say this. If it's in red, it's always right. You agree? So, once God speaks, you can settle that. His words are yes and amen. I want that in your mind as we go forward. And then secondly, we have this person of the Holy Spirit hovering. Now, once God spoke like B, that force that came out of him, that power, was so phenomenal that an entire universe consisting of multiple galaxies within that a multitude of solar systems. And within the solar system are stars that are capable. You just look at our own sun that is burning off billions of liters of fuel a second. Driving a solar system of multiple planets and all of this creation has one planet, Earth, with his man in it. And that Earth is, I mean, it is, you, you, if you looked at it from the outside, you'd be amazed in how many directions you're going at once. First of all, we're going, vroom, vroom, vroom. we're going around the, the planet. Then the planet's going around the sun. Yeah, and then that all, that now the whole solar system's moving, and that solar system's in a galaxy that's now moving, and then the galaxies are going around other galaxies. I mean, we, if, if we had any idea of how fast you are moving, sitting still. But all of that's happening, and not once in all of creation have we bumped into another planet. The design. You know what kind of power was put forth out of two words? Light be. Within 24 hours, 16 billion miles of space and still expanding. That's the speed of light multiplied out. You getting a hold of this? So this is the kind of power we're talking about. And yet he was hovering with nothing happening until God said, Light be. Seven days later, there's a man enjoying all of creation. Oh, God, you got to get a hold of this. Amen. Now, 
All right, let me address. I just sent someone asked the question, so I want to answer it here, and then we'll carry on. I said seven days. Now, people will say, but the earth is millions of years old. So was it seven days? Or do you think God meant seven? you think God can count? Because when you study it out, he didn't say seven periods. He used the actual Hebrew word for day. You understand? So then how come when they measure the earth, it seems like it's so old? He has a question. How long did it take God to create the earth? It's not a trick question. We read it this morning. Just work with me and we'll, I'll answer your question. How long does the Bible say it took? Six days, right? So that means it would have taken that long. Then God creates Adam in that sixth day. So let's say for a moment you could time travel. And you arrive on day seven when they're resting. Now there's God with Adam and they're resting. Now, when was Adam created? The day before. So do you think he's a one-day-old baby lying in the garden? Or do you think he's like maybe 20, 25? He's at the peak. He's created as a man who can live and breathe. Isn't that right? So God says, man be. Boom, man is. Next moment, your time ship arrives. You step out and there's a living man, adult. Ask him, how old is he? Five minutes. (laughs) He has a fully grown man, looks like he's 25 years old, but he's five minutes old. Hello. When God says light be and he puts all the planets, he doesn't have to build it up. He can put it fully into motion. But for it to be in motion, it's like Adam to fully exist. He has to be born fully adult man, created. Even though age-wise, he's only five minutes old. Isn't that right? When God creates a tree, that tree has to be capable of producing seed. Because Adam now eats to eat from it. But the tree was only created two days ago. But it's a fully grown, functioning tree that looks like it's taken years to grow up. But God said, be. So when he says creation, earth, solar systems, be, they they exist as if though they've always been there. And they're working and functioning. Does that help someone? Now you don't have to get lost in all this junk that they try and with, with, an, with an ape coming up. And, and No, God said, Adam, be in my image. God's not a monkey. Uh, don't get me sidetracked, y'all. I've got something I need to... Come on, you with me? See, family, the only reason we get confused is because we try and overthink these things with stupid ideas that man comes up with. Just believe God for what he says, and you go with what he says, then it'll fit the narrative. Hallelujah. You've got to be educated to be ignorant. People have to be taught to be ignorant. (laughs) 
Just believe. That was Abraham. God says, I'm going to bless you, make you a great nation. You're going to have many nations come out of you. And, okay. And, and, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. He didn't even think about his own body. He didn't say, but, 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 but I'm old. No, that was Sarah. She went through that. But Adam said, I, I mean, Abraham said, I believe. Okay. So now we have God speaking, therefore it is, and this Holy Spirit who's waiting with great universe creative power until God said, light be. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of the man. Jesus the man. Now Jesus is God. John chapter 1, verse 1. He became flesh and dwelt amongst us. But Philippians tells us he emptied himself of that power. He came fully God, but when he entered the earth, he is still the person God, but he refused to walk in the earth with his power as God. He wanted to walk as a man, to demonstrate living the kingdom as a man. So God had to anoint him. If Jesus was all God and operated as God in the earth, he wouldn't have needed the anointing. Evidently, he needed the anointing. So the Father anoints Jesus of Nazareth with who? The Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. And with power. And he went about doing good and healing how many? All who were oppressed by the devil. Why? For God was with him. So now we have the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power that the Word of God calls the anointing. And there's something about the anointing that we studied a little while back. Remember in 1 Samuel chapter 10, talking about when Saul was anointed to be king, 1 Samuel 10 verse 6, it says, The Spirit of the Lord will come, come, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. The anointing will change you. The devil wants to point out all your errors, all your failings, all your lack of education, all your upbringing, all your culture, the color of your skin, your height, the curliness of your hair, He'll anything, if he can find something, just something that'll make you feel less than adequate, he will highlight that. But there's something about the anointing. When the anointing comes on you, you will be another man. And that man is as God intended for you to be. Saul was the tallest, the most handsome, the most strong. That's man's opinion of who should be king. But that's not who I need to be king. I need someone who hears me, who obeys me, who follows my word. And the anointing will make you another man. Now go to Luke chapter 8, verse 43. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. 
Isn't it amazing that when you hear about God moving in the Word of God, in the Bible, it's at a point where there was nothing left to do in the flesh. When a man or woman has reached their end, when they've reached the place where it's impossible for man. Nowhere do I read any miracle that God ever did where you could have said, yes, I'm glad God did it, but if he didn't, we could have still worked it out. If you notice, it's always when you've reached your end. Come on now. You see, for some reason, it's never been said from this pulpit, and I don't think it's said from many pulpits, but nowhere is it said. It may be understood, but it's never said that now that you're a Christian, you will never have any more problems. Because that's what happens. You see people who eventually fall away or walk away. We know many people who serve God faithfully and yet today are not. And you ask them what happened. They said, yeah, but we did this and we did that. And, and, and this went wrong and that went wrong. Where did it say things wouldn't happen? When did we say you wouldn't have problems? Because how many of you want a victory? It's going to require a battle. How many want to see a move of God? It's going to be where your impossible has arrived. If you could fix it, why even come to church? If you could get to heaven on your own, you wouldn't need a savior. But I needed a savior. Why? Because I reached my end. My works weren't good enough to earn my way into heaven. But when I met Jesus, he had done all the works. He said, it is finished. You see, I don't know how to fix a brain tumor. I don't know how to take cancer and kill it for permanent ever and ever. I don't know how to take a disease where doctors say we've done the best we can. And yet there is one Jesus who said, it is finished. And you get over on his side and he bypasses anything medical science says. And he can fix it in a moment. When you've reached your end, don't be nervous of those ends. When you see the cliff coming up, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid when the master says, in this, he's walking on water. Lord, if that's you, tell me, come. And he says, come. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did we? I, I was just, <laughs> just, just joking. No, I want to get out there where you are. Doesn't make sense. You walking on water, but I remember you saying, I'll do the same works you did and greater. And if you're walking on water, I want to do the same. If you're out there, tell me, come. Okay, come. Then you need to get out and get out there on the water where everybody else saying, that's stupid, that's gone too far. What are you thinking? Are you, you, you've reached, don't do that. All the experts are telling you it's never going to happen. But I have a word from God. When you see that cliff racing up and God says, keep going. Don't let the cliff stop you. Everybody say kingdom of God. Verse 44. This woman came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And when? When? Today. She chose her today. Immediately, her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? 
When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody touched me. Now listen, I perceived power going out from me. I perceived power flowed out of me. Now where's that power coming from? We just read. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit power. So the Holy Spirit is the one who flowed into her. And the moment he did, the blood stopped. There's something about this anointing. When you have a look at Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, it says, It shall come to pass in what day? What day is that? You decide. When do you want that day? When do you want that day? Today. That his burden, the enemy, the devil, will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The yoke will be destroyed. Now, I know some translations say the anointing breaks the yoke. Break means if you break something, you can glue it back together. No, the Hebrew word used there is talking about destroy it. The difference between break and destroy, if I drop a vase, it can break. I get some super glue, put it back together. I still have a vase. Destroy means I get myself a four-pound mallet and I get myself a rock. And I beat that vase and every piece that breaks, I beat that piece and I break that piece and I beat that piece until there's just powder left. Now try to put that vase back together. No, that vase is now destroyed. The yoke is destroyed by the anointing. You see, when that woman tapped into that, when she connected with his garment, the anointing flowed in and destroyed what was causing that problem. See, the doctors could just... Treat it. That's all doctors can do. They treat. The anointing destroys. It destroys that yoke at its root. That's why when you apply anointing to cancer, it's destroyed out of that body. That's when they do x-rays and they say there's no trace of fibrous dysplasia left in your body. Why? The anointing destroyed it. Wiped it out. Now, the question has to be, because remember, the waters, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the water. Nothing was happening. Full power available. But he only went into action when God said, so the Holy Spirit doesn't move unless he's released. Jesus feels the power flow out of him. He turns, says, who touched me? Now, who has the power? Where's the power? In Jesus. Yes? Yes? But did he say anything? Did he speak? 
So the power was in him. And he never said, I release the power. But based on what we've studied, someone must have spoken. Someone must have said something. Because the Holy Spirit was always there. The, the disciples even said, everybody's touching you. So it wasn't in the touch, because otherwise people would be walking. <laughs> you, you, you can't, just can't touch Jesus. Because every time. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down for lunch and you bump him. <laughs> Jesus, just stay. At a, come on. How, <laughs> he's, not, he's not this live wire. That's why the disciples said, everyone's touching you. What are you talking about? He said, no, there's a difference. Power flowed. That didn't happen by accident. It had to be released. But he said it wasn't me, even though it came out of him. Oh, come on. Well, where did it happen? Go with me to the same reference, same account in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus... Now, we know Jesus is the Word. So she's heard about the Word. What happens when you hear the Word? Ah, faith has come. Now she's heard about the Word. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. But notice, for, she said. Because, she said. She said. She said, if only I can touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I shall. She made a decision. She's not saying, let me see. Let me try. Let me hope. He's, she's saying, if I, can, if I can just get to him, there's a crowd, so she's got to get through this. But if I can get there, that was her level of faith. She was saying, she could have stood there and said, I want to, I mean, there's the blind man, son of David, son of David. There's the rich ruler saying, you know, come to my house, my daughter. There's the, the centurion saying, don't come to my house, just speak. You know, there's different ways. Wherever your faith was, Jesus was happy to work at that level. But notice, it all took someone speaking. And she said, if I touch his garment, I shall be made well. I shall. She made a decision today. And she went ahead and she got there. And as she touched, the Holy Spirit had heard her speak. And he was waiting. And the moment she connected, poof, he flowed into her. And it destroyed that problem forever. And Jesus said, your faith made you well. You tapped into the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit's available for everybody. Only one spoke that day. And the one that spoke, the Holy Spirit moved on her behalf. Oh, come on, get a hold of this. Yeah, give him praise. See, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us. How? By His Son, through His Word, whom He has appointed heir of how many? All things. Through whom also He made the worlds. 
Now, who? Jesus, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. The express image of his person. The express image. Who else do I know who's created in the image of God? You are. You're the express image of the Father. Listen to this. Who's upholding all things by His amazing power. No, by the? By the? It doesn't even say by the power of His Word. It's, he upholds all things by the Word of His power. The power is available, but the power is released by word. How did God create? Like be. And God said. And God said. And God said. And God said. And he created. And God said. And he formed. And God <laughs> And then he says to the earth, you bring forth. What happened? The earth brought forth. The word of his power. Can you speak? You just answered yourself. If you said yes, you can speak. Someone just nodded their head. If you just nodded your head, can you speak? What are you using your words for? Are your words of power? Are they words of moaning, complaining, criticizing? Lying, negativity, family, we can moan. There's enough things to moan about in this world. But if we moan about it, we reinforce it. How much want to see things change? Then no matter what I see, I need to address it as the changed thing that I want to see. Light wasn't in existence yet. But God called it as if though it did. Light. Yeah, who is he talking to? Because we don't see it yet. Be. Light was. You see that? Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Any kings here? Jesus is the king. That's you. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Who's the power? The Holy Spirit. But notice it's only where there's the word. Job chapter 22 verse 28. You shall also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. I mean, want the power of God, His light to shine up in your life. Notice it says, you declare, you declare a thing, it'll be established. You declare it. 
See, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall receive the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father's put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me. You shall receive power. How many of you born again? How did you get born again? Jesus said to the disciples, you have the Holy Spirit with you, but he will be in you. I've got many things to tell you but you can't bear them now. However, when he comes, when he comes, who's he? The one that has the power. The one who is the power. The power, the day you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit moved into you. You don't just have God with you anymore. He is in you. You shall receive power. The word Jesus used there is the same power, dunamis, that was on him when he walked in the earth. How does a man walk on water? There's a power holding him beyond the static solidification of the water. It's not like as Jesus walked, the water froze. He walked on plates of water. No, no, he's walking on power. See, when he said to Peter, come, that was the word that held him. Not the H2O molecules. You getting this? So, that same power is what flowed into that woman and healed her, destroyed that sickness. The same power that once he blessed that bread and fish, it started multiplying. Every time they broke it, there was more. It kept forming, kept forming, kept forming, coming out of the creation. It wasn't growing out the earth. It was, it was happening within itself. It just kept producing itself. See, these renew your mind to that until you're willing to say, I believe that. Do you believe a bone can grow where there's no bone? Do you believe a cartilage can be replaced where there's no cartilage? Do you believe that a baby can form when the doctor said you cannot have children? Do you believe we serve in a God that can manifest something way beyond that you could ever imagine? When you say, you speak that word of power. Universe creative power is living inside you. Now that's the thing. We have to learn to trust that and believe that. That if I've spoken, it's done. No longer do I confer with flesh. No longer do I check out the circumstances. When that woman said, if I touch his garment, I'll be healed. She didn't go up there and go, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. You'll be amazed what people do. Like, 
What are you doing? Try and work America. Now I understand some of the power is very heavy that you, you, you know, I felt that. I understand that. But how many times do we try and work it? Come out in Jesus' name. Come out. Come out. When you trying to pull the demon out. You speak, the demon's gone. You, you see it flee. You see it flee. How do you know it's fled? Because I spoke. I wonder if he left. I didn't feel anything. What are you feeling? What are you feeling for? If you spoke, it's fled. Amen. Are you with me? I've had people come to me. My house is possessed. Why? Because things happen. This happens. Da, 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 da. Then go in and address it. Tell it, go. Get out. Leave. This house belongs to Jesus. Get out in Jesus' name. Go to sleep. Then you're tick, 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 tick in the roof. You fled in Jesus' name. No, no, you're not nervous anymore. You're not scared anymore because you've spoken. And if you've spoken, it's done. I said, if you've spoken, it is done. Heavenly God, let's live this way. Stop wondering how to figure it out. Trust the word that when you've spoken, it is a word of power. Let him go to work. Amen. I don't know how to create a universe, but I do know how to speak. I don't know how to get born again. I want to get saved. Come here, let me, let me start the operation. Okay, we need to turn your ears twice, pull your tongue. What do you do? How do you get a spirit born again? You say, say this after me. What am I doing? Invoking the word of his power. You say, I believe Jesus is raised from the dead and I call him Lord. It's done. I don't feel any different. Just give it time. Just give it time. Have you noticed when you, you may not have felt a moment. Some of us do. Some of us have a huge impact. But have you just gave your life to you? I did it. I said, I don't know what more to do. Uh, Janine had been healed. I looked at the x-ray. The doctor said, it's not medically possible. I went home and I said, God, I want to serve this God. And I said, I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, all I know is what I remember bringing, just ask Jesus into your heart. So how do you do that? So I lifted my hand and said, Jesus, come into my heart. I don't feel anything. I don't know what I was waiting for. There you go. Now, now I'm saved. No, I felt nothing. I got up from there. I said, well, I guess it's done. So when I told Janine I'd done this, and she'd already given her life on Sunday. So she said, so where are we going to go to church? I said, all we do is we go back where it happened. That made sense to me. Where's the power? Let's go to the place we saw the power. And so we went back to church. And from that day on, I just served Jesus. Never came in an altar call. Never had hands laid, be saved. No. Why? I'd spoken. You see how we can make things religious? 
when we have an altar call, it's to invoke the word of his power. The same way, that's how you, how do you heal someone? You don't. You pray and you say, be healed. Word is done. Now let the power go to work. Learn to rest in that power. Amen. Come on, give Jesus praise if you got hold of this today. Let's stand to our feet. You're a speaking spirit. God created you that way. So I encourage you, do more talking. But speak to your situations. Speak to your bank account. Speak to your body. Don't talk about it. Speak to it. Stop talking about people. Talk to the solution. Speak what needs to happen in their life. Yeah, but my boss, he always... Pull back. What do you want your boss to be? What kind of boss do you want? My boss is kind. He's merciful. Loves me. I find favor with my boss. He wants to promote me. Either God will do a work in your boss's heart or he'll change it. And that boss suddenly needs to move on and there's a new boss and there's your loving kind. I'm not saying how it's going to happen. That's the whole point. Don't try and figure it out. Just say it. Amen. Have you got some circumstances in your life you need changing? Let me see. Can you identify? All right. So what do you want it to change to? What should it be? Have you got that in your heart? How many you know? This is my problem, but that's where I want to be. You got that? All right. So let's do that. Now, I'm going to say, I'm going to speak, and then I'm going to say, insert yeah, or say it, or whatever. Then say it. Amen. Amen. Don't worry about the person next to you. They're saying their own thing. They're not listening for you. So don't be scared. No, speak it out, because you're declaring it. Say this, Father, thank you. You've anointed me with the Holy Spirit and with power. That anointing removes burdens. It destroys yokes. Whatever the enemy try to put in my life, the anointing destroys that at its root. Any sickness or disease, destroyed at the root. Any lack, poverty, the source of that is destroyed at the root. Whatever's trying to hurt me is destroyed because of the anointing. Now, Holy Spirit, you are that anointing. Your presence is God's power in my life. So I speak to my situation. I speak to, name it. I speak to that, that, that thing, that, that, that thing, whatever that is. I speak to that and I say, now whatever it is, what's the solution? Be removed or be healed or be made whole or be supplied or be in existence or whatever. Uh, make it that so. Let it be. Let it be. Now you understand what you're saying is happening. So if you're not saying it's not happening, say it. Uh, no one eats fruit from you ever again. It's done. It's settled. My house 
is mine paid in full without bondage, without mortgage, without debt. Paid in full. Paid in full. I own my car outright. Paid in full. Jesus' name. I always have every need supplied. My grocery cupboards, always full. Full, 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 full. Never lacking. I always got cash in my pocket. More than enough. My body's healed, healthy, and whole. Every organ working as God designed it. Every organ restored. Restored, not just healed, restored, made whole in Jesus' name. My mind works and functions perfectly. I have a great memory. I have the mind of Christ. I know things way beyond my education. I'm filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My walk is worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, fruitful in every good work. I increase in the knowledge of God. I'm free of addiction. Nothing calls me except the Spirit of God. Amen? See, I make this a daily thing. I declare it all the time. Angels surround my house and property. Guarding and protecting, keeping, keeping evil out at all times. No plague comes near my dwelling. No evil befalls me. Hallelujah. What's happening? Power flowed. Amen. Spirit of God is working right now. Bodies were healed right now. Right now. People came here tonight with pain. Check your body right now. Anyone that came here with pain, you might have limped in. You were hurting, sitting there, whatever. Just check it out. Bend, push, shove, jump. Do something that will expose that pain had it been there. Now you notice the pain is gone. If that's you, lift both your hands in the air just quickly. There it is. Look at that. All over. There it is. All over. In our campuses. Yeah. There it is. Come on. Give Jesus praise. Bible says lay hands on the sick. They will recover. There's a place for that. But did I lay hands on anybody? What did we do? We just spoke. So what happened? Holy Spirit went to work. See, wherever He is recognized and welcome, you're going to see power. See, now we could check that out instantly. Some of you are going to go home now and go check your emails. Go check your bank. You're going to find a deposit there that you were not expecting. You're going to find that contract that you've been struggling to get closed. It's now signed. It's just been sent. We've got many testimonies like that. When I said now, people went home, they checked it, and it was the time of what we just said. Amen. That email came. Amen. You're going to see that. Many of you, what you called, you're going to get to work on Monday, and your boss is going to be promoting you. Because you spoke it. 
So now he's going to call you into the office sometime this week. You're going to have that meeting. Not one position, not two, three positions. Jump three times. Someone just had their salary doubled. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God, so I'm just, uh, I, I, I trust the unction. So you come tell me your testimony when it comes, because I'd like to let everyone know that it's what God said. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> if someone's been waiting for a spouse, uh, you have a vision. And up till now, no one's matched it. And people have told you you've been unreasonable. But you know what's in your heart. You know what you're looking for. You are meeting him this week. Mm-hmm. You hear the wedding bells. You're going to know. You're just going to walk in and they go, it's like a light. Boom. Amen. Hallelujah. But they're going to know as well. Don't get flaky now. You know. God told me. He goes, I'm not interested. Yeah, but God told me. No, no. You will both know. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You notice everywhere Jesus went, he was healing, delivering. Why? He just spoke it. Not once did he fail. Hallelujah. Family, be confident with this. In your workplace, someone's hurting. You see they're struggling. They come in. Say to them, do you mind if I pray? I've never had anyone say no. Not once. Even when, they, when they, they don't really agree. It's like I said, can I pray for you? And they said, yes. So I took their hand and I closed my eyes. I just thought, hang on, check them. And I opened. He's looking at me. <laughs> so I looked back at him. And we prayed together with our eyes open. <laughs> Nowhere in the Bible does it say close your eyes and he has to close his eyes. I looked right at him. And he, got, he was touched by God right there. Amen. So administer this grace, this anointing. The Holy Spirit's with you. He's ready. He's waiting. He's hovering. Speak. Father, we thank you for your living word. We thank you for this grace. And I thank you for all that has manifested here to you, all the glory. It is your word. It is your anointing. Holy Spirit, we recognize you. This is a church where you are always welcome. We acknowledge you and we thank you for the power that's flowing in all of our lives.